Shalom Ubracha, we are up to Mayit Katon Daf Tess. Today's Daf continues talking about the different reasons for Ein Ma'arvim Simcha Besimcha. It has a tremendous discussion about the Chanukah Samikdash Shlomah Then it has a fascinating discussion about which mitzvah trumps another mitzvah, when do mitzvahs take precedence. It has a story about some interesting brachas given. And then it finishes off with a halachic discussion about makeup on Cholamoid. Now, yesterday we brought four different opinions why we don't get married on Cholamoid. And the Gemara asks Akasha on all of them. You have all these gishmak reasons why not to get married on Cholamoid, but we know that it's much to get married on Erev Yomtiv. Now, no matter what your reason is, that should also interfere with getting married on Erev Yomtiv. Why is Erev Yomtiv motor? Whether it's Ein Marvim Simcha Simcha, or whether you shouldn't be distracted from Yom Tiv Simcha and be involved in Simcha's Ishtoi, or Mipnei Toirach, or Mipnei Bittu Piravirivriya. That should all interfere, even if you get married on Erev Yom Tiv. The Gemara answers that if the issue is Simcha, the Iker Simcha is only the first day of marriage. The Iker Tircha is also only one day. And the issue of Bittu Perivirivya is not a problem because a person is not going to push off his wedding so that it will be on Erev Yomtiv because if something goes wrong, then he's going to have to wait the whole Yomtiv afterwards. Now, what's the Makar for Ein Ma'arvin Simcha Besimcha? Well, we learn it from the Chanukah HaMikdash. The Pasuk says, Ma'alochim Ba'yashlema Be'isahi Esachag Lechol Yisrael Amoy Kahal Godol so you have seven days of the Hanukkah's Hamikdash, seven days following that of Yom Tif. Turns out there was 14 straight days of Simcha. Aye. If you are able to mix Simcha with Simcha, why didn't he just do the Hanukkah's Hamikdash on Yom Tif and people would not have to take off work for 14 days? The Gemara says, how's that a Raya? Maybe you're not supposed to push off your Simcha to Yom Tif. But as soon as the base of Mikdash was done, Shlama Melech made a Chanukah Mikdash. It's not that it landed up right before Yom Tif. So of course he didn't push it off. The Gemara said, no, but maybe he should have left something over of the base of Mikdash to finish it on Yom Tif so that it wouldn't be back to back. The Gemara said, well, you don't leave over something in the base of Mikdash. As soon as you're ready, you move in. No. In a Chanami, the Ikkor base of Mikdash was finished and you don't postpone that at all. But those little pointy things, the Amokalya Oirev that got rid of the, ra- the the ravens, you know, like those pigeon spikes, that could have waited and then they could have done the Chanukah Semekdosh on Pesach or on, on the Chag itself. It, it wouldn't need to be 14 days. You could have done a double seven-day celebration. The Gemara says, no, th- those Amokalya Oirev, those pointy things are part of the Binyan Abayas. Elamai the Gemara says, we don't learn it out from what Shlomo Melech did. We learn out Ein Ma'arven Simcha Simcha from the way the Pasuk phrased it. Now we know it was a 14-day celebration, but why does it say Shivas Yomim and Shivas Yomim? It should have just said 14 days. The reason why it ex- explicitly wrote 7 and 7 is to tell me that they should be separate. That when you have a Simcha, do 7 days of this Simcha and then 7 days of the other Simcha. Don't mix them together. Now, Rev Parnach says in the name, uh, or says in the name of Rev Yochanan that there was a time by this Chanukah Semikdash that Klai Yisrael did not 
keep Yom Kippur. And they were very worried that maybe they would be chayev to be uh, wiped out because they transgressed Yom Kippur by the Chanukah Semekdash. Baskal came out and told them, you guys are all mezuman Now why did they skip Yom Kippur? Well, they made a kalvachaymer from the Mishkan. The Mishkan doesn't have Kedusha as Oilam, you're still able to make Bamais. And the carbon Yachid setting up the Mishkan was Doicha Shabbos. And Shabbos is an issue Skila. So the Mikdash, setting up the base of Mikdash, which is a Kedusha as Oilam, they only let it bring Kabbalahs there. And it's a carbon Seaborn, not a carbon Yachid, which is a higher level. And Yom Kippurim is only a carbon, an Oynish of Kares, not Skila. Kol Shikin should be Dechay Yom Kippur. Wait, so if that sounds like a great Kavachimer, why were they worried that they would be Chayv to be wiped out? Now, there was a difference because the carbon brought by the, by the Mishkan was a carbon for the Mishkan, for the Rabbah Nishalalim. But these carbonas that they brought was for the party. It was for the Simcha of the Chanukah Semitash. It was Tzarech Hedyet. So maybe they would still be Chayv to be destroyed. Sigmar says, that's actually a great point. Why would they be cooking up food for this if it's Yom Kippur? Have the party without the food. Now the Gemara asks, how do we know that the Mishkan was Deich Shabbos? And don't, don't tell me it's from the, psuk, the, the Pasuk of B'yayim Rishon of B'yayim HaShvi'i. That B'yayim HaShvi'i is telling me, oh, you could bring Kabbalah on Shabbos. It wasn't saying Shvi as in the seventh day of the week. It was saying Shvi as in the seventh day of Karbanas. Rather, Rabbi Nachman Yitzchak says that we know that the Mishkan was Doicha Shabbos from Bayoim Ashteoser Yoim. So Yoim tells me that the seven, that the twelve days of celebration should have been Ritzufin, consecutive. Don't take a break in the middle of this Chanukah Samishkan for Shabbos. Maybe. You have to do Ritufim, but only of days that are Roy. And Shabbos is not Roy for Karbana. So, maybe they should not have been Mechal Shabbos. It says, another Pasuk of B'yoyim Shnei Masur Yoyim. And the fact that we have two Pesukim telling me Yoyim, that they should be Ritufim, I know not to pause in the middle for Shabbos. Now, we had this Baskal that came out and said they were all prepared for Chai O'ilam Habot. But how do we know that the Rebbein Shalom was Moichel them for this Yom Kippur? Well, the Pesach says, with by Malachim, by Yom HaShvi, Shalach HaZo'om, by Yavorchu, as HaMelech, Vayilchu, Le'oi HaLeim, Smeichim, Atoi V'Leiv, Al-Kol Tev, Asher Oso Hashem, L'Dovet Avdo, Yulisor, L'Amoi. What does it mean, L'Oi HaLeim? They came back to the tents, and the wives were to Hirem. What's Smeichim? That they, they were, B'Semcha, that they were able to benefit from the Ziv HaShchina. The Toi V'Leiv in the Pesach tells us that every single one of them, their wives gave birth to a baby boy. Were pregnant with a baby boy. Alakalatoiva tells us that the bas- the Baskal came out and said they were all Muzuman and Lachayolamabo. When the Pasuk says Lodovit Avdo Yisrael Amoy, now Yisrael Amoy, that's because they got the Mechila for Yom Kippur. Why is the Pasuk talking about Dovit Avdoi? Because when Shlomo wanted to go into the he wanted to bring the Oran HaKodesh into the into the base of Mikdosh, the doors were sealed shut. So Shlomo Shlomo Davind, twenty four Renonois, but he wasn't answered. So then he said, That still wasn't answered, but then he said, Hashem Elohim, Al-Teshiv Pnei Meshichecha, Zohra Lechasti David, Avdecha. And as soon as he mentioned David, the door swung open. And right then, everyone who was who had any tainas on David and Malach because of any, the hate that he did, 
Everyone knew that the Rebbeinu Shalom was Meichel, David HaMelech. Then you gotta ask Amma from Shemayim. Rabbi Yenison ben Asmai and Rabbi Yehuda ben Gerim were learning Parshas Nadorim by Rabbi Shimon ben Yechai. And when they were leaving, at night they said goodbye, and then they came back in the morning again to say goodbye. So he said, well, you already said goodbye last night. They told Rajbi that you taught us that when a Talmud leaves his Rebbe and he stays in that city overnight, he has to say goodbye again the next morning. Because of the Pasuk that says, And it also says, you see, that they said goodbye twice. Now Rajvi told his son, go with these two tzaddikim, you have a lot to learn from them, and try to have a bracha from them. So he followed them, and he, hear, he hears them learning. And he asked the kasha, the two psukim seem to have a stira. The first pasuk, sounds like you should pick out the best mitzvah the biggest mitzvah to do. And the second pasuk of Oyrechayim Pentafales is mashma that do whatever mitzvah you have at your disposal. And don't drop a smaller mitzvah for a bigger mitzvah, whatever that may be. So how do we reconcile these two psukim? One is a mitzvah that no one else can do, and that's when you should drop it. But drop what you're doing and do that mitzvah, the bigger mitzvah. But if someone else could do that mitzvah, then stick with the one that you are doing. The one that's Bali They asked another question as they were walking and Rashbi's son was following them. The Torah said, the Pasuk says that Torah is Yakurahim None of your stuff is as valuable as Torah. But it sounds like Khafse Shemaim would be. But there's another Pasuk that says Kol Khafatsum Layeshvuba, which sounds like even Khafse Shemaim is not equivalent, is not as great as Torah. So they reconcile this theory in Diukim by saying that it depends on the mitzvah. If it's a mitzvah that's then you stick with your Torah. Like the Gura says that quantitatively you can't get that many mitzvahs. That's what Torah offers you. Every word, every moment of learning Torah is another mitzvah. You can't get that from doing another mitzvah. But if it's then you have to pause your Torah to do this other mitzvah. Now, they noticed that Rajabi's son was there. They said, hey, what are you doing here? So he said, well, well, my father told me to come get a bracha from you. So they told him, may you plant and not harvest. May you buy stuff and not be able to sell it. May you buy stuff far away and not be able to bring it. May your house be destroyed and you will need to live in a temporary place. May your bed be all messed up and may you not see a full year. Well, that doesn't sound like the greatest bracha. So when he came back to his father, he said, I, I asked them for a bracha and they gave me these shrekalachach tsaris. So Rajbi said, well, what, what exactly did they say? So he told them over the bracha. And he said, you don't understand. This is mamash the bracha of all bracha. Planting and not harvesting means that you're going to be zoicha to children, to sons who won't die. They'll buy the stuff and won't be able to sell it means that you'll be able to get a daughter-in-law and your son will stay alive so that your kala won't have to move in. Your daughter-in-law won't have to move in. What does it mean that you'll buy stuff far away and you won't be able to retrieve it? This is a bracha for daughters who won't die, and whose husbands won't die, and they won't return home. They'll have a happy marriage. The house will be destroyed, and you'll have to live temporarily. Well, this world is a temporary dwelling, so you should be zikh to a very long life. 
Your bed will be messed up because you're going to have so many sons and daughters. Your house is going to be crazy. And what does it mean? They shouldn't see a full year. This means that your wife should not die so that you won't need to see a new wife. doesn't mean to see a new year. It means you shouldn't need a new wife. Now, Shimon ben Chalafta was leaving Rebbe. And he asked for a bracha. So Rebbe said, Hey, Rava, that you shouldn't embarrass or get embarrassed. So, Rav Shimon came back to Chalafta and he said, I, I got this funny bracha. I don't know. It's like weird about embarrassing things. So, oh, he says, that's not just a bracha. That's a bracha. That Kuchu Berichu gives the Klal Yisrael. Right? The Pasuk says, That's the bracha that Rebbe gave you. Now, Ambisha said that a woman is allowed to put on makeup on Cholomoyed. So, the the Gemara tells us the things that they are allowed to wear. Kecheles, Pekeses. They're allowed to put on uh, Serek on her on, on her face. Some, some say, uh, this is like a hair removal on, on, on uh, any part of her body. Rav daughter, Rav wife, was putting on makeup even when she already had a daughter-in-law. So she wasn't a young girl. And Rav Huna told Rav he's like, this halacha makeup is only for Young children. So Rav says, Eloi Kim, is a lotion of Shavuah. Even your mother and your mother's mother, even uh, even even someone standing uh, a step out of the grave, they can all put on makeup because a girl who's six is just like a girl who is 60 when it comes to music, hearing a bell ring. And they're equally, they equally relate to music just like they do to makeup and jewelry. Now, Rabbi Yehuda says that a woman's not allowed to um, put on like a mud cake on Cholamoyed. Why? The Gemara says because it's, it's a novella for her. Rabbi Yehuda agrees that if it's, a, if it's a cake that she's able to remove on Cholamoyed, even though it causes her tsar now, since it will be misameach her later, that would be okay. Wait, Rabbi Yehuda holds that if it's harsh now but it's going to be okay, then that's fine. But we have a mission that says... When the Goyim are serving their Avodah on that day, it's called the Yoim Edom, you can collect money from them, but you're not allowed to give them money because you shouldn't be being misameach them on the Yoim Avodah So if Yehuda holds that collecting money is tsar, even though they're going to feel good later, the Chachamim, on the other hand, hold that since they're going to feel good later, that they have their debt paid up, that's a Simcha. So you see, if Yehuda does not hold of what the outcome of this is going to be, so how does he let... A girl put on something that'll cause her tsar, even though it's going to make her besimcha later when it comes off. So we have two answers. If Nachman Yitzchak says, "Well, that's the din of of Hilchus Cholamoyed, that even though there's tsar now, it's going to cause simcha later." So who's going to mask him on Cholamoyed? It's different. But Ravina says a different answer that a goy who has to pay up money is always considered being mitzayer, that he has to shell it out. But in general, if Yehuda does hold that even though it caused you a little affliction now, if it's going to be Mitzamech later, that's considered a Simcha. Next, if Yehuda says that B'nai uh, Yisrael, who are maturing and they're showing Simonim, but they're not 12 yet, the poor girls use cement to remove the Saris, the richer girls use fine flour, and the B'nai Yisrael use called something, something called a Shemen Hamor. What is Shemen Amor? So it's a Machlekes. Rav Huna Bar Chiyah says it's 
Sateches, Rabbi Yirmiya says, it's olive oil that is not a third ripe yet. Uh, Rabbi Huda says that that's what anpikinoin an, an is. It's this olive oil. Now they would use this oil because it removes hair and it makes the skin nicer. Rabbi had a daughter and he would give her all of these beautification products and then her, she had a tremendous dowry at 400 zuz and he had this Goyish neighbor who tried this on his daughter and all of the beautifications killed her. And he always tied her that Rabbi killed his daughter. Rabbi Nachman explained that Rabbi drank a lot of beer. So since they had a different diet in that house, they were able to handle different products. But the Goyish neighbor did not have that, so she died from the treatments. Interesting, Sogya. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.